Welcome to this, our second podcast, where you join us in mid-conversation. I think we both have to find that balance of giving people practical, technical tips. And you know, you were starting to yeah. describe with me to me some of the conversations you're having with with your clients about practical stuff at the moment. I mean, tell can you, if you can talk more. Can you tell me more about them? Well, certainly. I mean. It- it, and it runs the gamut, right? It could be anything from, um, uh, you know, how, how do I, how do I apply this tool, right? Um, very what what seemingly very simple concepts of uh, uh, okay, we're going to take a use case that includes uh, reporting and and bubbling up of information and. You know, so often when you get into these discussions about uh, goals and outcomes, the, the the first answer is, well, we want everybody in the organization to have the right information. We want we want the important stuff to bubble up, um, and uh, uh, yeah, that's that's awesome. Everybody goes for that. That's fantastic. So let's let's focus in on doing a report, uh, this weekly report, the status update that we have to do. Let's get it into um, let's get it into uh, a blog instead. Instead of this formal Word document that has formatting, goes through different <laughs> levels of approval, and uh, then is finally sent to the appropriate people. Let's just get it in a blog and, and teach the appropriate people to follow that blog and to comment as needed and to send direct messages in response as needed. Um, and uh, everybody says, yeah, gangbusters. And, and, and then you introduce it. Um, and there's kind of that initial, but what if? starts to occur. Um, and in many cases, now, the, the, let me couch this by saying that um, often this kind of conversation is folks who've not ever blogged. They don't understand. They haven't had that tipping point um, where they've, they've achieved comfort with the idea of, of speaking to an unknown audience. Um, so, so with that resistant point comes a suddenly uh, uh, evaluation. Right, and it's not—it's—it's it's rarely self-evaluation. It's more evaluation of of their audience, or of the process, or of the tools, or you know something else. But it's always, oh, this is just this is just I I you know I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and what happens in response to that is that suddenly you have um, instead of it being a process conversation, it becomes a change in a behavior conversation, um, where you have to kind of keep going back to that place where you bring those goals out and clarify that these goals demonstrate behavior change as well. Um, and that to, to exact that kind of change, to get to that goal of the information bubbling up, we have to be willing to let it go. Um, and that's quite a fundamental change for some people. Yep. And it's not, it's not because they're, you know, clutching their robes and trying to control their power and, you know, all of the, they, you know, certainly there to some degree that might be part of it. But for most people, um, it's that they're stuck within a process. Um, we were saying before the, the recording started, we, you know, in many cases, um, these behaviors have been willfully beaten out of people as part of the, the business grooming process, uh, that they're not really, um, they've, they've not been taught to share anything uh, or to be open to, to looking as if they might not know all the answers. Yeah. So it becomes an incredible challenge uh, to get super smart, super creative, otherwise open people to, uh, to, to put their work out in a space where it might be judged, where they might be judged, um, and to 
what I'm in a position of trying to do is to create stories and approaches that, that recognize that um, and that call it to the fore in a way that don't come, it doesn't come across as finger wagging or, um, or belittling or, or challenging, you know, for these middle level people who are, are, are trying to be the boots on the ground making it work. Yeah, even if they have, I mean, it's really interesting because a lot of it is about, as you say, change management and, and behavior stuff. And, uh, you know, even if they have an explicit intent to move more in this direction, like I was working with a, a client recently who have a, a very uh, uh, congruent with this, this type of world set of values that they're trying to promote, uh, rebranding, changing the orientation of the company, trying to aspire to thought leadership and you know, reading through their documentation, I'm ticking in my head every box, thinking, yep, yep, social does that, social does this, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so lots of good grown-up business reasons to be doing this stuff. But, I mean, you're right, it's that, it's that um, shift. That, I mean, this was actually why, why you know, I wrote my book, was to give people like that mm-hmm. little uh, handholds, you know, just ideas that, would, that they could sort of grab hold of to just encourage them to make that shift and and you know you're right that it's that um well it is interesting isn't it because how even people who are quite confident and chatty and not you know good good people people mm-hmm. go all funny when they try to do that in writing um and it's almost almost i mean i think what's been beaten into is almost is, is a writing thing it's almost like at school where you are kind of taught to be scared of writing or you're you're taught that you have to write properly or write in a particular yeah. style to pass the exams or whatever, and so you know particularly. Well, and when you're when you're writing a blog, you're standing at the board, right? Yeah, you're standing it, up in front of the board with the chalk in your hand and fifty kids behind you, all tittering and laughing and waiting to knock you over. That's right, but, <laughs> you know? but also writing in a very different style, and and you know so much business mm-hmm. writing is you know, highly constrained by formula and and. Um, expectations you know and I can remember myself trying to write formal documentation for stuff and just getting tied in knots and really frankly forgetting what I was trying to say so you end up um, forgetting what you're trying to say and and just coming out with the same old blah 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 that every other business document is you know what's been really that's what you can't do when you're blogging because you have to you have to have an opinion you have to have thought and and be willing to share that thought well, and and what I, what I find to be a really successful, I call it a gateway drug. <laughs> what what I find to be a really successful, you know, kind of gateway baby step to to um, getting people to that place is to to give them their structure, but to keep their structure simple, right? The the the, the change that they have to make is more, one that starts at formatting, and then uh, over time, with the ease that comes in that. Um, as long as you're continuing to, to push and guide as, as from the perspective of, you know, practitioner, community manager, uh, you know, uh, director of, of social group, whatever, whatever the role is, whoever the evangelist is, as long as that perspective is to can keep, keep on pushing, you know, it, you keep enough surface tension to keep things moving. Yeah. Um, then that comfort builds over time as long as your your activities are are you know congruous with that comfort building over time um and part of that to me uh kind of almost switching gears here but i think it's stick with me because i'm going to come back around 
But part of that to me is that when we're talking about change management still these days, especially when we're talking about um, social environments, specifically internal ones where we're trying to, to drive culture change and change employees as the perspective seems to always be, our change management is still about awareness and marketing. And still about broadcasting the story that, you know, oh, Fred, on Thursday, our culture is going to change. Yay. You know, and um, and the reality of that is that everybody knows better. That, that whole thing about um, driving change. I mean, even, mm-hmm. the, even the phrase itself just makes you feel cold, doesn't it? And, and, <laughs> and again, that's the, the magic that so many people are missing because yeah. actually with these platforms and tools and if you get good at uh, asking questions and being obsessively interested about things that were interesting or, or sort of heading in the right direction. That's how you bring about cultural change. You, yeah, you, you know, exactly. People, people are going to fall over themselves to do it once you give them the platform. Um, yeah, and, well, and, and, the, and the, the freedom, right, and, yeah. and to, to support them when they do it. Um, but, and and part, part of that, I've been really quite careful when I'm, when I'm working with folks who are in that position where they're talking about launching this to an organization. I've been really quite careful to be explicit about using the term um, engagement strategy as opposed yes. to um, a, a, a communication strategy. Um, and I've, I've done that because I'm trying to, in, in the beginning, and I spend a whole lot of time defining engagement for folks before we, well, we get to that. that yeah, that, that's one of those words that gets misused, isn't it? Yeah. Well, and 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 I go I go back to the to the to the very kind of root of of the engagement story to be engaged to be locked in to be connected with right to engagement is not um, I'm going to sit down and have a conversation with you and tell you what I think and you're going to listen totally. right well, and, that, and that isn't that part of the challenge that, that a lot of uh, not to single people out but a lot, a lot you know but I will <laughs> um, a lot of um, communications professionals uh, mm-hmm. are kind of stuck in broadcast mode. And, sure. and they might wrap it up in different cuddlier words, but I think they're still in the same broadcast mode. And uh, yeah. you know, the, the whole truism about, you know, we've got two eyes and one mouth for a reason, that the way to engage people is to listen to them. Absolutely. And, and good listening, if you go back to all of the, you know, all of the the the, uh, the classes and the the books on on how to be a good listener, right? You lean forward, you get involved, yeah. you you paraphrase, you respond, you you know you you engage, you 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 participate. You're there, you're present, you're a responsible party in the relationship, and 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 ultimately that is terrifying mm-hmm. in a business world because it breaks down. Um, all of the norms that we've built for ourselves, all of the lingo, all of the the rules, um, and, and then what? Chaos, anarchy, you know, cats and dogs living together. Yeah, that, that <laughs> people don't know fear, what to do with that. That's the fear. And that, mm-hmm. and it's almost the degree, the degree to which people define themselves by those behaviors and rules and, mm-hmm. and titles or whatever sure. else. And, and, you know, again, I'm very sensitive to the fact that this feels, well, in the long run, I think it is dismantling that world. Um, yeah. and, and certainly in the short term, it can feel intimidatingly so. Um, and, you know, again, this goes back to why you just can't force people to do this. And, and mm-hmm. you, you have to be patient. And if it takes a long time, it takes a long time. And, um, and some people will never 
feel inclined to head in this direction. And that's that's cool too. I mean, we don't all have to be the same. Um, I mean, I think yeah. a mistake sometimes with the Enterprise 2 social business crowd of over-emphasising the, the, the radicalness of this, if you like. I don't think it does replace um, sure. everything, certainly not in the short term, possibly in the long term. There's, there's but actually, very you, you, much you, you a time. You maintain both. You keep a balance between both. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's it's life. It's never going to be neat and tidy. It's never going to be an O or a one. It's it, it's there. There are people involved here, um, and you can't look at uh, you know a, a town or, or a country or a globe and say that you know on on X date they will be evolved. It doesn't work that way. It happens in waves. Well, and, yeah, and I remember you, you and I know that fully. But but that's isn't that one of the things that people leading change seem not to remember. Um, yeah, but we, yeah. we, we sell and we package up change as if it was starts sure. here, finishes here, and everybody's sheep dipped and done by the end of it. Well, and but remember too that we sell what we can sell, and that um, we sell what people uh, are willing to uh, are willing to participate in. And at this stage in the game, they still need to look at it as dip and sheep. Yeah, um, and perhaps. You know, it's it's that slow infiltration kind of thing, right? Perhaps you you help them understand, um, and you walk through the the sheep dipping process with them, and stand there at the end and and hold up the measures and say, "Well, look, we dip this many sheep, but there's some fleas." Yeah. You know, let's try again. I'm and uh, uh, it's maddening for a consumer uh, because uh, they're they're thinking that they're buying software and putting in changes and, and didn't the magic box do what we wanted it to do. Um, but it's part of evolution. We've got to fall off this bike a few times. You know, it, it, it's, it strikes me when you're talking about kind of the, 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 the story that the, the E2 and, and social business crowd have. There's, I remember, um, gosh, two or three years ago, the whole evolution revolution argument that was going on. You know, are we going to storm the gates and change the world, or or are we just going to evolve over time? And uh, and how spun up everybody got about that that particular story for a while. And you know, it makes for great press, and it's a whole lot of fun. But uh, <laughs> for some people, I guess. But the uh, the whole the, the vibrato that comes with that story is more to me. It's more of the the tittering kids at the class behind you. Yeah, totally. Um, and it tends to slow things down, which I which I find frustrating. But um, I mean, in a world where there is so much reliance on marketing and spin, and so much uh, you know, people are trying to control the market and um, and have their thought leadership be better than other thought leadership. I mean, that's just the nature of business. But again, the the hope is that as we evolve and as we become more conscious, that 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 kind of stuff will hold less and less water, um, and it may take. It may take you know uh, fifty years to get to that point, but I mean ultimately, my hope in the work that we're doing is that we can help people be uh, a more a little more critical in their thought uh, about not only what they're doing themselves, um, but how they're reacting to the information that they're getting from these very narrow media channels, um, and uh, uh, and really thinking about the reality of it as humans. It's well, tough work. Tough but fascinating, and and a very similar conversation I was having with Stow Boyd about this. That we were, well, I was remembering firstly uh, being um, at at Reboot in Copenhagen when he used the word movement about all this stuff, and 
it was the first time I'd heard anybody overtly describe it as such. And I was apprehensive. I was nervous because of it, because I thought, well, you know, if we turn it into a movement, it will be the same old, same old, and it will have cabals, and it will have power brokers, and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, part of that might be human nature, might be inevitable, but also I think we have the prospect with this stuff to to change things differently, to bring about change in a different way. Um, and, the, the you know, we were also talking about the the utility or otherwise of the phrases social business or enterprise too. And, you know, up to a point it gives people... Uh, something to hang on to, some, some concept or, or the idea of a, of a thing that they need to be interested in. But then it turns into a thing and then it becomes industrialised and commercialised and becomes not actually what we thought we were all meant to be doing in the first place. And, uh, you know, it, it is interesting how I think some of us really see this as a much longer term game, if you like, and a much more subtle and broader transition, I guess. And, and, uh, yeah. and that's fine if people have shorter term more tactical, more self-interested victories along the way, uh, or actually victories is, is the wrong word again, because that's back to revolution evolution, isn't it? I think it is more evolutionary um, mm -hmm. in a revolutionary kind of way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. I mean, pe people hold on to what they're able to hold on to, um, and and if the tools are, are what you know and what you're comfortable with, then that's what you can hold on to. Awesome, hold on to those tools. Um, and, and look for stretch goals, look for opportunities to understand how those tools can help change things and, and what change even looks like. I mean, not to, not to go off the rails, but it, I find um, one of the, the points that, uh, that I often struggle with in, in kind of walking into a situation fresh, fresh for the first time or running into somebody at a cocktail party who wants to talk about, you know, what their hopes are for uh, uh, bringing social tools into their world. And I'm often, my, my first response is usually, well, that's fantastic. What do you want to do with it? What are your, what are your goals? What are you trying to achieve? And, and, uh, and, and so often, so like alarmingly often to me, the, the, the answer is, uh, is so high level that it, it strikes me that I don't know that they know. Um, the, the, the answer is even, uh, in some cases, cricket noises, <laughs> and, and in others, it might be some lofty goal to, to improve collaboration and sharing, and, and the moment that you dig a little deeper, it gets tougher and tougher to answer the questions. Well, what does that mean? What does it look like for you guys? And what, what, um, can you, if I were to switch the scope and say, well, tell me what's wrong with, with um, sharing and, and collaboration in your world? It's a little easier to answer that question, but to, to, to even have them kind of envision what what working and functional and healthy looks like is challenging. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's almost like, you know, every IT project since time immemorial, whether they've delivered what they thought they were meant to be delivering or not, have, mm -hmm. have made people think about what they're trying to do. And, yep. and just that need to concretize stuff and, 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 and build stuff around ideas is, is what's powerful, isn't it? And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, as we said, again, before we started the, the recording, that, you know, our work is less to do with tools or, or even short-term concrete uh, goals and more to do with a changing attitude to work, I would suggest. And, uh, you know, I... I and I'm very conscious we sometimes risk sounding uh, patronising about this as if we were not subject to this ourselves. But, you know, I spent 21 years of my life in a large corporation. Mm -hmm. Much of that 
willingly infantilized. You know, I, I was happy to take the salary, not have to think too much, and mm-hmm. blame other people when things went wrong. Um, and and it felt safe. Um, now, of course, I think part of what we're seeing changing here is that that, that is now becoming more apparently unsafe and, and that you can be dropped uh, without a, a qualm at the blink of an eye. And yeah. as individuals, I think that contract, if you like, with work is shifting and our expectations or our responsibilities for and with work are changing. And... Mm-hmm. You know, this is why the first chapter in the book is called We All Need to Grow Up, and I meant it about me too. I regret not having grown up earlier um, and not having, yeah. w- not having woken up earlier and not having realised that actually this is, this is the one life I get, it's the one chance I get, and I've spent half of it asleep. And, um, yeah. you know, I think at my most idealistic, that's what I think is this fantastic opportunity we've been given with these uh, kind of connected thinking tools, if you like. It's It's... You know, again, to quote David Weinberg, it's this thing about writing ourselves into existence. And whether that existence is a functioning, effective business or the broader picture of your own life or the even broader picture of society as a whole, it's this fantastic opportunity we've got to kind of proactively build that in a way that I don't think we've been able to before. Completely, completely. And that's, I mean, and that's the piece that, that, that I think drives me in this. And I, and I know on, on the other side of the coin, that's, that's precisely what scares people to death. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of call for accountability and transparency and authenticity. If you've not exposed yourselves to those things, um, uh, personally, uh, it can be a huge, huge challenge to even consider, uh, anything like this? These are these are, are sacred cows that are are not to be touched in a lot of ways. So it's 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 tough. I mean, it, I think in in some ways to get to that kind of utopian place where the 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 business is is functioning in a uh, um, in a more democratic way or a more egalitarian way. Um, it's you, you've got to have some degree of, of presence and consciousness as part of your, uh, that's part of your DNA. And, uh, and that's not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily call that rampant these days <laughs> for sure. Um, but we're getting there, right? I mean, I, I think that this is the, uh, gosh, I was talking to Ron Shaw yesterday and, and, uh, um, we were, we were having a similar conversation, um, uh, but but a, a bit more focused on the the frustration of doing the work sometimes, regardless of what your role is. And uh, um, he you know he said it's it's not it's not easy being on the edge. If you're living in the future, um, you're you're going to constantly vacillate between this place of uh, uh, disappointment and excitement, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, so. and, and the thing you saying uh, you mentioned that thing about the this willingness to engage and think not being rampant. I mean, it, in a kind of broader cultural context. I mean, I, I worry about this in, in the sense of um, people's engagement in, in society because we have come through this period of of mass media and, and um, almost being lulled to sleep by, by the process of buying stuff and aspiring to buying stuff. And um, again, that feels like a, a bigger change that's happening, that we're sort of running out of that um, buy stuff till you die story um, 
it's becoming less satisfying for more people. And and if there was a reason to, well, in fact, I think you can overstate it. I don't think. It, well, was it consciously manipulative? Maybe. Maybe it was the need to have large numbers of people fueling uh, the, the factories and, 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 and sustaining the whole large corporate world and, and generating the wealth that's you know given us all these benefits. Um, in a sense, you can't have too many stroppy, thoughtful people to achieve that. Um, yeah. And yeah. so instead of bread for the masses, we got, we got telly. Um, and, you know, I, I do find it interesting what the next story needs to be. You know, what's the big unifying myth that we build for ourselves as we, as we sort of, you know, butterfly-like shrug off the last one? Yeah. Well, and I think that's exactly what we're, we're, uh, we're beginning to, to, to kind of pull out of the ovens at this point. You know, it's, it's the... We're at risk of pulling butterflies out of ovens here, but... <laughs> <laughs> but it's 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 that uh, it's getting to that place where we're listening enough to one another that we can figure it out, yeah. Um, and that it's less about a competition. I mean, it, it, we're still we're still very much competitive creatures, and uh, um, you know, we're, we're I think there's still a, a a big hunk of of what goes on in our thought processes that that align very much back to the to the the the, the caveman ideas, but at the same time we've kind of reached this point where we, we do know better. We can know better. Um, we might not be at that tipping point where the majority know better. Um, I don't, I don't know that we're there yet. I think we'd be in a better, better situation at a societal level if we were, but, um, but I think it's coming. And I think that the, the key to it is the, is uh, without sounding too lofty, uh, not the, the specific instances that, that we're doing work in, but setting space for people to learn how to work together and in the open in a safe way um, or in a not safe way and being okay with that uh, is really the crux of what we're doing. And, and to me, we've got to condition people to be in that space, to be more collaborative, to be more entrepreneurial, to be uh, braver human beings um, so that they can make space for that collaboration and they can make space for the next good idea and that they can uh, leave room for that idea, maybe even coming from somebody else. Um, all of these things uh, uh, are kind of tough right now. The, 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 if information comes from somebody else, they have to have a certain number of letters behind their name, or they have to have some kind of place in a hierarchy, hi hierarchy, or they have to have some authority at this point, right? Um, and uh, we're we're getting to a place where we're opening up room for just the smarter ideas. Yeah. Um, and and that's gonna it's gonna take time. I mean, we're not we're not gonna unbundle this thing in thirty seconds for sure. But uh, but we're seeing it happen. Um, we're seeing the symptoms of it happening all over the place, and and fledgling attempts that will fail and then come back and fail and they'll come back. But uh, but it is happening. Well, I, I was talking at a, a conference for um, HR and and uh, you know le um, learning um, folks in a in a corporate setting, and uh, you know I was sort of saying that the whole web for me, is, is about learning, um, mm -hmm. even at the trivial level of learning what films to watch next weekend or whatever, but it's, it's, um, yeah. it's a, a great big throbbing learning machine. And, uh, 
that, that learn- that's the title of the next book by the way <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's, it, is, it is this and this is what's so you know so ironic when you think of people like Nick Carr telling us we're all dumbing ourselves down it's such nonsense because you know there's this ripping feeling of learning faster and better than ever for me and and in conjunction with other people and uh it's that kind of accelerated collaborative learning i think we will need to sort some of our bigger problems and and you know there is this funny feeling of yes it will take time and it's, it's you know it's this challenging paradox that you, if you try to rush it it will slow down um but yeah. also uh, for me and, it, and i'm not a particular um i don't tend to fall prey to all the doom and gloom stories about the future but I'm becoming more aware that there are some pretty big things going on and not all of them are good. And uh, yeah. and I think our collective ability to work out how to deal with some of those big things, like, you know, peak oil and all this sort of stuff, will will totally depend on our ability to get good quicker at uh, at this collective learning thing. Um, mm-hmm. And so it is that fascinating bit about not wanting to push, not wanting to panic, but also wanting to get a move on as well, you know? Yeah, yeah. And and I think, I mean, it, it, getting back to tactic and strategy, I mean, that's 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 the work that we're doing at a, at a really small level right now, right? It's it's kind of infiltrating where it makes sense to people. Um, the uh, the big collaborative stories, right, that uh, 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 the one that always leaps to mind, probably because I've heard it so many times, is the that the gold corp uh, gold corp story that that Don Tapscott tells all the time it's 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 got to be a story that ends with big money and it's got to be a story that ends with huge impact and it's got to be you know that that big business story that you're telling um, at a very high level that makes sense if you're talking to to C suite folks or C you know the 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 board you want them to make those choices so those are the examples that you give them if you're talking to middle manager folks who have other focuses and other goals, you have to give them other stories that, that speak to directly changing their world um, or having them be a, a, accountable and successful in, in achieving the, the, uh, uh, the goals that have been set forth for them. And as you go lower and lower <laughs> lower down the chain, you have to be able to do the same thing. And, and in, in the introduction, in setting the stage to getting, getting to that point where you can then identify and fight the next battle. Um, it's 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 really got to be about that, and that is a slow process, even if it's a conscious process. And I, I think that that's a differentiator too. I think some people think that because it's taking time or because it's challenging, that that the answers aren't there, Ooh, yeah. um, and that that we're wrong still, <laughs> you know, because it didn't, you know, we we didn't sw- uh, flip the switch and and uh, the answer didn't show up on Tuesday, so therefore <laughs> bad. Let's start again. Well, this, this is the risk. This is the risk of overselling it as well, isn't it? That I think, yeah, yeah. again, my nervousness yeah. around enterprise too, that if, if we're saying to people that, you know, just trust us, do all this stuff, and your whole business will transform overnight. Well, no, it won't, actually. Yeah. You know, you'll still yeah. be dealing with the same tough things or the same business competition and, and whatever else. Um, mm-hmm. it do, but yeah, you're right. It doesn't mean it's wrong or it doesn't mean it's, it's, it's got no value. It's, it's um, yeah. You're raising a kid. If you give the kid the calculus book and they don't know it next week, yeah. it doesn't mean you throw the kid away. <laughs> you know, it's just—I mean—that's that's how it works. And it, but that's that's a level of consciousness that I think a lot of people don't have. 
and 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 not that to 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 put myself in a lofty place that's not the intent of that statement but it's i think that that's that's a level of experience that a lot of folks don't well, have that, that, many folks who are taking this on they're not coming at this as being uh change champions they're coming at this from being you know a Fred, the middle manager of Department C, who was trying to get this thing done. Um, so Fred doesn't come with a whole change management background or with experience of doing this 10 times. So it's, it's that they're going to get their, their best information. They're going to do a bit of research. They're going to act on it. Um, and if it fails, it's going to be incredibly disappointing because they had to put a whole story together in slides and say, you know, this is why we're doing it and it's going to change the company. And if it doesn't within this you know, this is this is what makes me crazy about the pilot concept is yeah. that, you know, yeah. in in ninety days we're gonna be able to 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 show that improvement and show that show that uh that, that change to the organization and, and I I am always just completely stymied when I see when I see that. And and it's it, it it's inevitable. You can't get around it. You can you can coach away from it as much as possible, but People still have that perspective that after this short period of time, we're going to be able to see a huge market difference in the uh, in the behaviors of our organization, and that'll be, give us the signal that we need to know to go forward. Yeah, I mean, and it's, it's, <laughs> it can be both, though, can't it? I mean, in the sense, I mean, this is where, where the idea of Trojan mice appeals to people. I think that you can, and not in any kind of manipulative way, but you know, I think. You know, to join you in the lofty place. I think some of us are, are if you like, custodians of that longer, uh, bigger story, and mm-hmm. know that if you're lucky enough to get somewhere worthwhile with this stuff, it's as a result of many incremental, much smaller uh, victories and yeah. um, and, lo- and and failures, and 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 I think again that's having that robustness, even with the tools. Thinking, uh, you know, which is again why I'm a bit wary of the whole enterprise scale it'll solve everything kind of tool but having having a throwaway attitude to tools helps as well that you know if it doesn't work you don't spend too much money on it throw it away and if 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 it doesn't you know people don't buy in or bite in immediately be patient and they might do next month or whatever and and you just retain this uh this bigger picture longer story and then are prepared and more robustly able to sustain uh, the kind of ebbs and flows that you'll inevitably get, and if and you're right, if you meet along the way people who have, of necessity or by temperament, a shorter term, more concrete set of expectations, then I think you can uh, make this work for them. Um, mm-hmm. But 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 pick them up and dust them down and help them to do it again if it doesn't completely switch the whole world on the first time. Yeah, well, and and that's I I, I look at that. I, I, I see that in a very similar way when it comes to process. Um, the, the, the methodology that, that I use to uh, start burgeoning environments is kind of this hub-and-spoke story um, where uh, you've got that team who you're kind of teaching uh, to, to be the custodians of this environment, yes. to stewards, right? The, the, it's, whether it be community management in their environment or some other title that comes with it, you're teaching that, that core team to put together the programmatic pieces that they need to scale up support, to, to respond appropriately, to um, involve the, the, the right organizational advocates uh, so that they can be trained into to that 
uh, response and uh, uh, kind of come out of their towers and participate as well, right? So that it's that rep- is that representation for the organization. But then beyond that, that tiny core team who's trying to scale up and be ready to support all of that, um, it's it's individual use cases that that begin to to kind of act as that inner ring, that first that first group within the network. And they get quite specific and they can be short term, they can be long term, they can be as long as we're able to get to a place where um, I understand that this is what it's going to look like every day. This is why you'd come here and, and touch this thing. Here's, yeah. you know, but then also leaving enough room for and building space even for the, um, and, and not only from a tool perspective, but from a, from a, um, uh, uh, you know, an interaction perspective, a human perspective, building space for people to have the good stuff emerge and building processes so that when the good stuff emerges, that people are encouraged for that and rewarded yeah. for that and, uh, and engaged with around it. And this is why I think uh, it's so important to, to use the tools to create the right, you know, to manage the tools, you know, to talk about that yeah. process and yeah. be open about it and help others join in that business about noticing when it works and working out why mm-hmm. it worked and then helping people to learn that and do it the next time again. I had, um, I did a bit of work this year in uh, creating a, uh, a bit of a dashboard um, for measurement. And I was really keen to get away from the, uh, the kind of norms that are going on right now that I'm seeing in, in tools where it's all about leaderboards. You know, how much activity do we have? Mm. Um, and uh, not really qualifying it or, 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 you know, really assessing what that activity is or what the qualities of it are, but um, just kind of saying, well, we have 70,000 members. Well, that's fantastic. What percentage are active? <laughs> you know, and yeah. what are they doing? And are you getting yeah. the good stuff that you wanted? All those other things. So I, I, I came up with this model where I kind of broke it down based on the data that I'm able to collect, which is, you know, how, how much time is being spent, you know, being architects and building little spaces and, and constructs and such. And then how much time is spent actually putting stuff in those constructs, right? And then you break it out further. How much time is engaged around those constructs? People are talking, commenting, liking, responding, having discussions, things like that. Um, and then how much time is uh, what's, what's being spent on consumption? You know, not every single person in your network is going to be an avid contributor. Sometimes they might be the lurkers who are getting fantastic value, mm-hmm. but are not yet comfortable enough to participate, and that's okay too. Yeah. Um, to being able to like look at that at that breakout and then have a wrap up at the end that says, um, "Here, here's the here's what your organization looks like. Is it ninety ninety percent consumption, and and uh, is it you know <laughs> are you getting back to the ninety nine one? Yeah. Um, or are, is it something different? And well, is this what you want? You know, having people, giving people visibility to that and then comparing it back to, the, to what their original goals were, having that show up in one single view is, is transformative for a lot of people. It sounds simple, but it's transformative for a lot of people because suddenly they're able to see, um, you know, the behaviors versus the numbers and, uh, and to really make sense of, of, what those behaviors mean in a in a concrete way, um, as opposed to it just being uh, the 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 quote unquote kind of namby pamby, uh, um, you know, soft stuff that that is less important and and seemingly has less impact somehow. 
Um, it, it, that I find to be really, really transformative and, and clarifying for people. It's been a real help since, uh, since putting it together, for sure. Well, and it's also one of the paradoxical elements of this, that you know, for, for all the concerns or all the challenges of, of coming up with an upfront uh, ROI on, on this activity, um, it's actually mm-hmm. eminently quantifiable. I mean, you, you, you know, to, to a degree that uh, yeah. real, real life in inverted commas is, is, um, isn't. And, uh, you know, that, that, that if you have enough of your uh, work being carried out in these uh, recorded and, and measurable and monitorable uh, spaces, then, you know, again, almost for the first time, your business becomes manageable in a, in a way that it never has been. Um, and even down to, I mean, you know, some of the stuff I, I mentioned in the book about dysfunction, that, that a lot of the bad behaviour of the dysfunction in an organisation gets got away with because it happens in offices or corridors that nobody ever, ever gets to see it. Um, mm-hmm. When you start doing that in an open open space where everybody can, can observe you, then it's much harder to get away with it. And, uh, yeah, and I think especially apl- if people are engaged enough to respond when somebody does something wrong. That's right. When you, you all work out whether it's a good or a bad thing and what you're going to do about it. And, uh, mm-hmm. and that tr- that's true of inefficiency as well. I mean, not just misbehavior, but, but inefficient behavior. Um, yeah. Again, there's huge amounts of that just never gets exposed or questioned or called to account. But once again, once you do that in a more visible and networked and public place, people will start to either either hold you to, to account for it or offer you ways to do it better, you know? Yeah. Well, and it's, it's, it's quite funny, too, because it, that may be the case for you may, you may see those behaviors acted out, and this is one of the frustrating things about working at very large organizations. You may see those negatives beha- negative behaviors played out and even called out and perhaps not responded to. Um, yeah. You know that, uh, that story that I've told a million times uh, about the, the, uh, the email reply all-a-thon that went on for four months mm-hmm. um, and when calculated against man hours, uh, <laughs> even anecdotally, um, it ended up being about a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar number that was spent on a reply allathon for one email. Yep. Um, that is meaningful dollars to a lot of organizations. And uh, uh, the 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 thing about that particular story, though, was that that was all captured and posted on a wiki, and it was made quite clear to everybody involved, including leadership. Um, how inefficient it was, yet those, the leadership still had the perspective that email lists were the best way to go to communicate. Yeah, it's funny, the important it? stuff that had to get to the right people. Yeah. So it does take time. And people are so wedded to particular approaches or, or, yeah. or techniques. And, and it, I suppose this looks back and, and possibly a good point to sort of bring this back to the beginning and the conclusion that the... It's the unfamiliarity of all this that's the biggest hurdle, isn't it? I mean, that the, I think more and more people are beginning to, uh, uh, you know, understand that there's interest and there's potential and there's there's something going on here, Um, but it really does come down to until they've literally sat down, put their hands on the keyboard and pressed button saying save or send or whatever into this network world, and seen what happens when you do that and what comes back and done that a few times, they're going to fear. The unknown, I guess, and and yeah. you know that's that's the biggest challenge. Yeah, it really is, and and that's the, I think that's the the that is a good conclusion point because it's the it's the 
the bottom line is that, yes, we are introducing tools. And uh, yes, those tools facilitate transformation. They facilitate space that makes room for transformation. The transformation has to be done by people and has to be done with perspective. And that will usually come from that, uh, that consciousness, that awareness, that self-introspection that as, as humans we may or may not be open to, uh, much less organizations at this point. And that, that work has to be done. Uh, and it's, it's something that can happen in tandem with the tools coming out. It can, it's something that can be brought up by the tools coming out. Um, or it's something that can be done up front before decisions are made about how tools <laughs> are going to come in. Lots of people take lots of different approaches depending upon their comfort level. And the, the, the end of the story for me is, though, that it's coming. You know, very unconscious folks are putting this stuff in place and not really understanding what they're going to get from it. Um, and that's great. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's coming. And uh, whether we're doing it, quote, unquote, the right way or, or not, as if there is such a thing, um, it is coming. Well, thanks, Megan. And uh, here's hoping more of, it's, uh, more of it's arrived before the next time we get to talk. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs>